I'm Greg Buffett, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hey, thank you for stopping by for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 646 of On Screen and Beyond. This is the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Greg Moffat is going to be joining us. Now, Greg takes us back to the era of the sci-fi movies that back in the 70s and 80s, they would show creature features and, and they'd have multiple sci-fi movies together and, and just, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of fun movies. And uh, that was the time of the year of the uh, Day of the Earth Stood Still and Invaders from Mars, all those 50s and 60s movies that, you know, really were good movies. They, they, they were good. And then there was all kinds of other shows, rip, movies, rip-offs and things like that. And uh, then they got into 3D and uh, all those movies. There was just so much, you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon and everything was in 3D. And, and uh, you know, they were just fun movies. This one that uh, Greg Moffat was in, uh, now it is celebrating the 70th anniversary of Robot Monster. Okay, this one was made in 1953. It's become a cult classic. It's also been called one of the worst movies ever made but uh, you know I mean that that's <laughs> you know depending on what you you know the what you're thinking, you know? But uh, it, it, it is a fun movie, and now it has been restored, and it's uh, in 3D, and uh, like it was originally, and it's uh, just beautiful when you see the, the 3D effects that uh, that you get when you get the, uh, the, the Blu-ray or the DVD of it, and uh, it's, uh, a, you know, something you should check out because uh, it's it takes you back in time, really, and it's a lot of fun. But the 70th anniversary of Robot Monster is... And uh, that's from 1953. Greg Moffat is going to be joining us. Now, Greg was also in several other movies and uh, TV shows. And most notably, one of the episodes of The Adventures of Superman. And uh, that was, uh, you know, big hit back then. Every kid loved The Adventures of Superman. And uh, we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about Robot Monster and a whole lot of other things. Greg Moffat is coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond, so I hope you'll stick around. So what do you say? Let's get into remakes, sequels, and prequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remakes, sequels, and prequels, well, Saw 10 or Saw X, as they call it, but Saw 10 will creep into theaters on September 29th, and The Last Voyage of Demeter. Now, that's the retelling of the story of Dracula. It'll finally arrive in theaters on August 11th. And, big surprise, Mattel is hinting possibly more Barbie movies. Wow! <laughs> that's a shocker. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, they say they may have some in development after the strikes end. Okay, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, it's really no surprise because, I mean, you know, Barbie was a big hit in theaters or is a big hit in theaters right now. And, uh, you know, there was no way that the studios were not going to take advantage of that. So we knew that. You know, you, you, you knew it the second they had such a large turnout for them. So uh, anyway, that's a little inside 
inside stuff, Mattel is telling us. Wow. All right. And October 13th is the release date of The Exorcist Believer. It'll be in theaters. And the next film in the planned revival of the franchise will be The Exorcist Deceiver. And that will come our way on April 18th. 2025. And that's it for remake sequels and prequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, let's take a look at what's coming as far as upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx will lend their voices as dogs in the film Strays in theaters on August 18th. And Birth Rebirth with Marin Ireland and Judy Reyes will be landing in theaters on August 18th. And it's a psychological horror film. And Judy was a past guest here at On Screen and Beyond, so you can go back and listen to that episode we had with her. Just go into our rerun section at onscreenandbeyond.com and you can uh, you know listen to that one or in your podcast provider just scroll through all of them you'll find it eventually uh but like you say you, uh, you know check it out and the kill room with uma thurman and samuel l jackson it's a dark comedy thriller and it hits theaters on september 28th and that's it for upcoming new movies next on on screen and beyond it's movies and tv on dvd and streaming Movies and TV on DVD and streaming. Fast X arrives on digital on August 1st and on 4K and DVD on August 8th. And Babylon 5, the complete series, will be hitting Blu-ray for the first time on December 5th. And Netflix Virgin River Season 5 will arrive on the streaming service on September 7th with 10 new episodes. And that's it for movies and TV on DVD and streaming. Coming up next on on screen and beyond it's tv and entertainment time another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Leonard Maltin, and I'm on On Screen and Beyond. TV and entertainment time. Well, TV legend Norman Lear has turned 101 this past week, and he's still going strong. And The Righteous Gemstones has been renewed for a fourth season on HBO uh, Max, of course. And sadly, Randy Meisner, the Eagles' founding bass player, has died at the age of 77 this past week, along with Zanae O'Connor, and she passed away at the age of 56. And that's it 
for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we have the interview with Greg Moffat. Now, we're going back to 1953, 70 years. It's the 70th anniversary of Robot Monster. Now, this has become a cult classic sci-fi movie, and it's in 3D. It's a lot of fun to watch, and you know, you see the effects and everything. They're, they're a little hokey sometimes, but that's part of the fun. So uh, be sure to get ready for that. And uh, Greg was also in an episode of The Adventures of Superman. And we're going to talk about all that and a whole lot more. Greg Moffat next on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond was part of the cast of the 1953 cult classic sci-fi film Robot Monster, which is celebrating its 70th anniversary with a restored 3D Blu-ray and DVD release with two hours of bonus material. He also was on the other TV shows and movies at the time, including on the classic The Adventures of Superman. It's Greg Moffat. Greg, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Now, Greg, uh, as a big sci-fi fan, I, I always love when they release these these old 50s sci-fi movies. They, they were things I grew up with a kid watching the creature features and double features and all the things that they had. And they were just so much fun. And Robot Monster, uh, of course, now they're releasing it with the 3D and everything so you can watch it at home that way. This is just fantastic. Yeah, the new reproduction or reprocessing uh, has done an amazing thing. It was originally shown in most major markets in 3D, but uh, it didn't last for very long. And so on TV, for the last 65 years or so, you've seen it in black and white at midnight or one o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. uh, in 2D. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and now... Could you ever have imagined back 70 years ago when you made this film that you're going to be talking about this movie all this time later? Oh, absolutely not. I can remember, I'm 80, and I can remember in high school a teacher giving us a... a uh, having a conversation with us, talking to us about what we would be doing in the year 2000, <laughs> which for me would make would have made me 57 years old. That's, I'm not even going to live that long. You know? <laughs> 57. <laughs> and here we are. So, But no, four-day work in Bronson Canyon didn't turn didn't figure to be anything all that memorable 70 years later now you when you say bronson canyon where where is that for those those of us that don't know where that is actually it's uh right near griffith park in in uh, los angeles uh the scenes that you saw where there was uh, uh where we're we were in the remains of a house, not the, not the mm-hmm. cave, but the house. That's in what's now the north end of Dodger Stadium parking lot. Wow. In Chavez Ravine, it was called in those days. And uh, the, all the cave scenes and, and much of where George was walking in the gorilla suit was in, uh, in Bronson Canyon itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I know I've been in that area, and I think it was called Bronson Canyon. Is that where um, 
the I know there's one part where you can stand in a certain area and you can see the Hollywood sign, and it was also where they filmed the Batman Batmobile coming out of the cave. Was that the same cave? Yes. Ah, okay. Now I now I know where you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cave. It's closed off now to the public, as I understand it. But uh, oh, really? But, it, but it's still there. Yeah, I think they're concerned about the possibility of it caving in. Oh, you wow! The expression. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Huh. So, okay. Now I'm, now I'm getting an idea where this was filmed and everything. And, uh, so how did you get involved with the movie? I mean, uh, you know, you're here. You are. What, what were you? Maybe six, seven, somewhere around there. I was 10, 10. Okay. 10 years old. How, how did you become, you know, an actor in a film? (laughs) Well, my older sister, Sharon Moffat had a fairly lengthy career, under contract to uh, RKO Studios oh. uh, from the early 40s through the late 40s. And actually, my first effort was in one of her films in 1947. <clears throat> and then I did odd parts uh, in television and motion pictures for off and on for the next 10 years. Was she in the movie The Robot Monster? No. No, not at all. Okay, that wasn't your sister then, the other, the, the, the girl that was in the movie. Uh, yeah, Paula was her name. She just passed away a couple of years ago. I'm the last surviving member of the cast. Uh, and, and crew, for that matter. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anybody left. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And it, 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 like you say, it's so neat that they, they turned around and redo the, you know, bring this back to life. And um, it, it's like you say, sci-fi, it's become cult status, really. I mean, it, it's it's it, the, the movies from the 50s like that, the sci-fi films, the, you know, they weren't the best special effects. I mean, you know, nothing's going to compare to what the computer animation does now and everything. But but it was just something about those movies, the way they they just drew you in. <laughs> Yeah, the plots were relatively simple. Oh, I mean, yeah. you, you, you could tell who, who were the black hats and who were the white hats. And, mm-hmm. um, so that wasn't difficult for anybody to solve. And my guess is they were looking for a fairly young market with this picture, but uh, it's hard to say what the motivation was for making this beyond Phil's desire to make a... Uh, a 3D film. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you, four days, you're out in the canyon, and you're you're filming this. Uh, was it was it hot there? Or you know, I mean, how, what was it like filming at that age? The casting call went out in early March, and I probably found out within a week of my interview that I got the part. And we were actually finished with shooting before the before the end of March. So, uh, in Los Angeles terms, relatively cool still, although all the scenes are are well lit and sunny, uh, and it was uh, the weather. We didn't have any inclement weather during the shoot at all, but not overly hot by any stretch of the imagination, maybe, you know, mid-60s to mid-70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. George Barrows was thankful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to give away the plot of the film uh, because some people who haven't seen it, when they, you know, 
pick this 70th anniversary copy up uh, let them see the movie and, and and see what it's what happens in it and things like that but basically uh, creatures come from another planet right uh, from the moon right well i don't know that in the film itself it said the moon it was just uh, they were just aliens aliens mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think when it was re-released I don't know, three or four years later as the monsters from Mars or something like that. Um, there was a reference in the advertising to to the moon, but it wasn't in any part of the original script. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure things got turned around as years go by and everything. I mean, you know, it's 70 years. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. My my attitude toward the film has turned 180 degrees across that period of time. Oh really? Yeah. Have you have you gone you know full circle or, or how how are you how are you feeling now about it? Well, in the in the mid 70s, when the Medved brothers decided to, uh, Michael especially decided to write a book, no longer on the best films made. But the worst films ever made mm-hmm. and I was fortunate enough to be a principal in one of those worst films ever made uh, I wasn't I really wasn't sure whether or not to be ashamed or not um, as a performer you know being told you're in one of the worst films ever made is not particularly complimentary mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but in the intervening years, um, as it has gained more and more acceptance, and actually moved into, I guess, what you call a, a become a, becoming a cult classic, um, I think my feeling now is that um, those folks that came down so hard on it, Medved and the Golden Turkeys and Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. Mm-hmm. They actually kept the film alive um, by mentioning it. And I think that has expanded the fan base for the film unbelievably. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I've only got to see the film twice with an audience. And I, I would tell you, um, any performer, what they're really looking for um, in terms of satisfaction is that the people who uh, watched their work enjoyed themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I ever had that sense as a, as a, as a younger person, but since I've had an opportunity to see how people other than myself, obviously, how they react to the film. Um, it's, it's been rather mind blowing to tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and pleasing. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it, worst film ever made, uh, that's just a relative term because I've seen some movies. I, I've seen a lot of movies, believe me. And um, a lot of the, the what the Hollywood studios come out with as big blockbusters, some of those are pretty crappy. I mean, you know, they spend millions of dollars, but, you know, they're they're horrible, you know? So if you, if you go back and look at that original list from MedZed, um, robot monsters in there with some pretty big budget films. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I, I believe it. <laughs> it's it's pretty interesting. I, I, it blew me away. Yeah. In any case. Yeah, but you know, you, you know, it's really what 
people enjoy. That's that's what it was. Some people love movies. Some people hate movies. You know, like I say, I've seen some big blockbusters that were to me were the worst turkeys I've ever seen. But they were millions of dollars spent on them. And uh, but you give me, uh, like I say, some of those old fifty sci-fi movies. Uh, you know, and and like I say, the, the special effects sometimes can be pretty crude. You can see the wires for the spaceships and things like that. But that's part yeah. of the fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and. And that kind of stuff we grew up with, the spaceship uh, that they show in the film, I, I think is from a, either an old Buck Rogers serial or a Flash Gordon serial. I'm not sure which. Mm-hmm. Uh, before they blow it out of the sky. And it, it, <laughs> and it looks like it's on a string. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It, it, but when I grew up on TV, that was the kind of stuff we watched. And... And we could tell it was hokey when I, even when I was a kid. You know, you knew it wasn't. That was no jet plane or or, or rocket ship going through outer space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but that was the fun of it. That that was part of the fun. Well, it got your imagination going, if nothing else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is John O'Hurley. You remember me as Jay Peterman, and I'm on on screen and beyond. <laughs> So when when you were filming this, um, you say four days. That's a, that's really quick. Were there a lot of takes that you had to do over or anything? Well, think about it. <laughs> <laughs> a four day shooting session. I don't think Phil was worried a heck of a lot about uh, my expression in in one scene or another. It was let's get all this in the can as quick as possible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. As far as the other movies and TV shows that you've made, would you consider this one to be the one that has brought most most fame to you? Uh, maybe if you use the word infamy, I might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, um, this this one and my Superman episode uh, have both been well remembered. Yeah, most of the other stuff I did, of uh, whatever quality, uh, has to some extent been long forgotten. You can you can see most of it in IMDb, but even that listing is not complete. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, they you know records weren't records weren't kept everywhere. I did a uh, couple of episodes of of uh, Fireside Theater. I don't know if they're listed in IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um, the Superman episode. I did a um, science fiction theater. I did a film with Betty Hutton and Fred Astaire. Wow. Uh, called Let's, Let's Dance for Paramount in 1949. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was, my name was even on the first page of Players. Wow. That film. <laughs> yeah, that's that, wow, that's great. Now, you mentioned the Superman episode. Um, I remember that one. I I can remember that that episode. And now, you were probably a little bit older then. What, were you maybe 13 on that one, maybe? 12 or 13, yeah. I've I've been... uh, There is an internet group called uh, Those People That Like the Adventures of Superman. Mm Mm-hmm. And they have 
accepted me into their group un, uh, unconditionally. But they have so much minutiae, so much information about all of the episodes. It's it's just unbelievable how popular Superman in that in that age has become, and and for that matter, stayed popular. Yes, you know, yes. They haven't done any remakes of Robot Monster lately, but they've been. But Superman's an easy. Uh, uh, an easy audience getter, I guess. Yes, <laughs> definitely. definitely. Yeah. And, and now, f- for a kid, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old, you must have been, I mean, I know you're an actor, you're an actor during that and everything, and you probably, like you say, you you, you, had, you, you were on a movie with Fred Astaire, I mean, but uh, still, being with the George Reeve, who uh, was Superman, it's, it had to be a thrill for you. Oh, absolutely. And he was a wonderful man. Um, the entire cast that I worked there was super. Even the bad guys were <laughs> were funny. We had a great time. And surprisingly, uh, although uh, Robot Monster was a four-day shoot, uh, so was the Superman episode. So <laughs> it might give you a little, a little clue about the quality of Robot Monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I understand. I, I've had uh, Jack Larson, who played Jimmy Olsen, a uh, few, well, quite a few years back uh, on the show, and um, you know, he, he he was telling me about how Superman was uh, really on a shoestring budget when when they filmed that TV show. In the beginning, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Wood Ellsworth went out on the uh, stuck his foot out in the out the front door and couldn't get it back in quick enough so they kept making them yeah <laughs> yeah so now uh as far as robot monster you said you saw it uh way back when have you seen the new release of it the, uh, that they've yes. come out with yeah, yeah so, so Bayview uh, Entertainment blessed me with an early copy so yes mm-hmm. yeah so what did you think about it See, after seeing it after 70 years uh, well, I had seen it once before in a chopped up red and blue version in Memphis in 2008, and it was terrible. <laughs> um, but the new uh, the new reproduction is beautiful. Mm, uh, yes, the 3D effects are. Have you seen it? Yes, yes, I have my copy. Yeah, they sent me. All right, then then you know uh, the clarity. Um, the, the the demonstration of 3D by itself. I mean, you can laugh at the bubbles all you want, but that's <laughs> certainly one of the reasons they were there. Yeah, it's like like the paddle ball in the beginning of of uh, uh, what was it? The wax house of wax. Oh yes, yeah. Do you remember the opening? There was a a, a guy in a clown suit with paddle balls in each hand. And uh, out, out front of Baxter's Museum, and all all of a sudden, everybody in the audience is dodging the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what those movies in the in the the fifties and early sixties that were doing three D they they throw things into the script that had nothing to do with anything, but it, but it was great, you know, three D versions, you know, <laughs> just to develop the the three D uh, a little more. 
Right. You know, yeah. Effectively, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and it, like you say, that, that, that was the fun of it. That was just just so much fun. And uh, like you said, I agree with you. The, uh, the restoration they've done to Robot Monster is just incredible. I mean, it's just, it brings it back to life, really. Bob Fermanek, uh owns and operates 3D uh, Archive, the company that actually did the work mm-hmm. uh, re- repairing the film. And he's actually had actually been at it or considered it a project for more than 30 years before he could finally get around to doing it. There were wow. a lot of legal problems early in terms of who owned the rights and had to get past all of that. Huh. Um, yeah. But uh, but he did. He was insistent on getting it done. I met him uh, oh, 10 or 12 years ago, I guess. Uh, he had a screening of it uh, at the 3D World Expo in Hollywood back in, so I, I think it was 2013, 2013 or 14, somewhere in there at the Chinese Theater hmm. in, in, in Hollywood. Yep. And that was the first time I'd seen it with a crowd. And I was amazed. Yeah, um, that reproduction was was just wonderful. And since then, I've seen it another time. About uh, well, now about a month ago, it had its West Coast premiere in in Los Angeles, and the theater was full. And uh, it was even better than the print that I saw in 2013. Hmm. Yeah. And now that's a lot of dedication, I'm sure, to restore one of these films to you know its its original glory, and maybe even better than the original glory of it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure it's not worse than it was original than when it originally went out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but visually today, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Greg, I know we, we have a limited amount of time here, so I'm going to finish up here with you. But I'd like to finish up with one final question, two parts to it, really. But uh, before I do that, I just want to remind people that the 70th anniversary restored 3D Blu-ray DVD release is out for Robot Monster. If you love old sci-fi movies, be sure to go out and get that. Uh, it's just, a, a like I say, it's a delight to see it again, and in, in it's the way it should be. And, uh, Greg, the final question is, when you sit back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what's your favorite movies now and of the past? What do you enjoy? How much time do you have? You know, you're talking to somebody who's, you're talking to somebody who's 80. I could have... <laughs> you could be tied up till 5 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> well, just give us a, a, a Reader's Digest uh, version of it. <laughs> just a, what, do you, what, do you, what do you enjoy? <laughs> um, I'm a murder mystery kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like the Westerns. I like Maverick. Oh, um, yeah. Almost everything James Garner was in. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as movies themselves... Gee, there's quite a long list. I, I was blown away when I saw Rocky the first time. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. I was at uh, Star Wars opening night in Hollywood. Uh, the theater went nuts hmm. uh, when the Death Star blew up. It was an amazing audience to be a part of. Wow. Uh, and I was screaming and cheering as loud as anybody else in the crowd. <laughs> 
Um, I liked A Man for All Seasons, a film from back in the 60s. Yes, yeah. Um, as far as horror movies, the original Fly, The yeah. Fly. Yes, yeah. Uh, where at the end of the film, uh, the poor guy's head is on the on the head of a fly and he's stuck in a spider's web and the spider's on his way and he's going help me <laughs> yes <laughs> I've, I've never forgotten that scene <laughs> yeah yeah see those are the kind of sci-fi movies that are, are just fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah i agree well greg i cannot thank you enough for taking the time to sharing with us you know about your your work in uh, robot monster back in 1953 on its 70th anniversary here and uh, i wanted to mention there's like you say i said in the intro there's two hours of bonus material in there too so people who enjoy that and uh, so i thank you for joining us greg it's been a pleasure i thank you for your interest that um that doesn't seem to go away. I'm just amazed. <laughs> Thank you for helping keep it alive. Greg Moffat, big thank you going out to him for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond, taking us back to the era of the science fiction movies that were just coming at you one after another and after another in 3D and everything else they did, uh, you know, Thunderama and all those things where they made the seats shake, shake and all that. It was just it was just a fun time, you know. It's fun to see this one because now they've restored it. It's beautiful. And uh, they also added the 3D back into it and uh, you know because they've showed it on tv for years and it's always been in 2d and uh, it's just a lot of fun so uh, be sure to check that out if you get a chance and of course he was also in the adventures of superman and uh, if you haven't seen that one you know you can you I don't think the Adventures of Superman is streaming anywhere. I'm not. I'm not positive on that one, but uh, it might be. It might somewhere. But uh, uh, you can still get the DVDs, and uh, you can see those old episodes. So it's a lot of fun to watch those too. And this is uh, another episode of On Screen and Beyond that is heading toward our final of the season. Uh, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Uh, we have a couple more episodes coming your way. Then we'll take a little break, and we will be back. Uh, in September when we turn around and uh, come back with our 17th season. Now, 17 years we've been doing this here at On Screen and Beyond. So I uh, hope you can do us a favor and you'll tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond. Uh, when you see that we're posting something, if you could turn around and uh, retweet it or resend it or whatever you do on whatever <laughs> one of these med social medias that you're on, if you could share it, that would be great. And also, uh, you know, let people know about On Screen and Beyond because uh, we hope we can keep giving you uh, some interesting people here to bring back uh, memories or bring you new information if you, you know, 70 years ago a lot of us weren't here then, we <laughs> weren't even born, but uh, it's always fun to hear what they have to say and that they tell us their story and everything so we hope that uh, you will pass the word about On Screen and Beyond and get it to friends and everything else and uh, we'll get more people here for you to enjoy if you have a suggestion for a guest here at On Screen and Beyond, you can send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com and I will try my best to get that person 
discussion here at On Screen and Beyond. A lot of people last week uh, enjoyed Tail Penglis uh, as he was a guest uh, here at On Screen and Beyond. And of course, he's the Days of Our Lives. He's been on there for over a thousand episodes. And uh, he's been the good guy, the bad guy, the dead guy, the the twin, the, the, you know, everything you can come up with, he's been it. And he was so interesting and he's got a new podcast coming out. So a lot of people were interested in that episode. And we thank you for that. And I hope uh, you'll tell a friend to, uh, you know, these episodes don't disappear. A lot of people thought, oh, oh, I missed that one. Shoot. Well, no, you don't. You didn't miss it. It, It's here. It is on on onscreenandbeyond.com. And you can turn around and, uh, you know, still enjoy it. And if you missed our first episode or any of the episodes of On Screen and Beyond over the years, the last 16 years, uh, you can still go back and you can listen to those people. And we've had so many people here. So I hope you'll go and check those out. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun to hear those people tell their stories. And we've had so many different people uh, from all different aspects of music and TV and movies. I've always used Bob Barker a lot as a, a guest because he was such a great a great guest here at On Screen and Beyond. So, uh, you know, but him and, and, and just, you know, whether it's a, somebody who's a big movie star or a big TV star, Mickey Rooney, a legend, was on the show and everything. So, uh, you know, go back and listen to those people tell their story. Hope you'll enjoy them all and uh, check them out. And that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. Until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Thank you.